Dexter Stucky presents Industry Friends. Welcome to another edition of Industry Friends. I'm your host, Dexter Stucky. Super excited to be here today. I have this is one of those episodes where it's like why did it take so long for this to happen? <laughs> I have in the building with me today one of my coworkers at iHeartMedia, Mr. Brandon Best. Brandon is a brand marketing executive at iHeartMedia. He also owns a car detailing business, Best Concierge. He's also he does also does custom mail uh, clothing. He's a father of three. He's an HBCU alumni. He's a car enthusiast. Yes, he's a marketing dude. consultant, and he's uh, a, a jack of all trades, if you will. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Brandon. Thanks for having me, man. I'm like. Super excited to be here because this took a long it definitely did. time. And it's Dexter crazy. put me off and off and off, but I'm glad I'm here. Um, so <laughs> I start off every episode with a, a a backstory. So like, and it's basically a backstory of how I know the person or how the relationship um you know founded um you know started or whatever. So with you, it's one of those situations where. Anybody who knows me knows that I don't really fool with coworkers. I'm one of those people, like, I come to work, I do my job, and it's time for me to go. Like, I don't do the social media connection with coworkers and all that kind of stuff like that. And I think even with us, it took forever to, like, connect social media-wise, mainly because, like, you know, coworkers get in your business. <laughs> you know, they want to know what you're doing. It's just too much. But True. with you, like, my personal story is that, like, uh, last year— I um oh, I did Lord. a play. It was called God's Trombones. Shout out to Frankie Darcel at WDAS. She cast me in the play, and she also cast you in the play. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, there was a bunch of different people there. Most of them, I obviously, I didn't know them. And Frankie was the one person that I didn't know aside from you. And it's like, I can't talk to her about this stuff because she's, you know, the, the boss of the play. But <laughs> issues that I was having, I would come to you with the issues. And it was easy to just, like, vent to you about the stuff or, like, you know, get your opinion on how I'm doing something. And I think that's what really, like, you know, kind of, like, bonded us. Like, that's really what, like, kind of, like, got the whole friendship thing going. Now, like, we attend wrestling events and everything. together. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, I mean, that's, like, new to me because... I thought we bonded like, but I thought we were friends before that. So, you know, I guess our friendship. Well, it's one. Of I those know how you are, so you know. Okay, it's one. It's, of, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Like, yes, we knew each other. Yes, we were cool and everything like that. But I mean, that like doing that uh, that play was really what like helped. You know what I mean? Because it's like there were like usually we'll talk and it's like a group setting. It's a bunch of other people around and stuff. But with that no, one, it was it. like a one on one thing where I'm just like, he has my back. Like he really understands like what I'm dealing with. Yeah. It's kind of like. Like when when you're in the trenches with someone, it yeah, was one of no, those situations. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, it was good. Um, now when I started the show off, I talked about all the different things that you do. Uh, that you're you know car enthusiast. You you work at iHeartMedia. You have a detailing business. So what I wanted to do was do a, an entrepreneur series. Like I want to have a bunch of different entrepreneurs on to talk about like Let's their backstory, it. like what started them. Because as you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to do this show is because I feel like. When I was coming up, like I didn't have anybody to help me out in mm-hmm. my field. And I feel like you doing so much stuff, like you could be a great vessel of information for people who are looking to get into different fields. I hope so. Yeah. So like where did that come from? The the jumping into like a bunch of different stuff? Um that entrepreneurial spirit came from my dad for sure. Mm-hmm. So my dad owns a business that um I'm gonna say this year should be year number forty, I wanna say. Okay. So my dad's always had this like entrepreneurial spirit. Like I remember my dad working for Sears as an automotive. Um, he was a technician and then a district manager for automotive 
for Sears. So for as a mechanic, he ran, I want to say maybe six or seven different stores in the area. But I remember my dad getting off work and he would come home five or six o'clock and he would go open up his shop. Oh, wow. So like he had this hustle and this grind like, oh, yeah, the work don't stop here or I don't want to work for somebody else all my life. And I always seen that. So he would come do his thing. He would be in the shop until like two o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. sometimes. Come home, get some sleep, wake up the next morning, go work for Sears. Then it was like that cycle all over again. And, um, you know, I always as a kid, you know, I wanted to hang out with dad. Like, dad, can I come to the shop? Can I work? You know, can I, you know, play around with the tools? Can I do something? And I was always too young. Like, you're too young. You're too young. You're too young. And then eventually, I think I was probably like 11 or 12. And he was like, all right, summertime, I'm going to let you come hang out for a couple Mm -hmm. hours and I'm a, you know, I'm gonna let you work. I'm gonna give you like ten dollars an hour, and I'm gonna let you work. So that's where it comes from. Hearing you say that kind of reminds me of that meme that people like circulate, and it drives me insane when I see it. Where it says, you know, the nine to five is like the the killer of your dreams, and it's like, oh yeah, definitely. I, when I see that, it it infuriates me because like I worked a nine to five today. And then I jumped on here and did this podcast. Your dad worked his nine yeah. to five and then he jumped in. Like, it's yeah. you, you have 24, 24 hours in a day. There's not enough time. I mean, but you do what you want to do with that 24 yeah. hours, though. Like, it's kind of like you, yes, you work your nine to five, but you do have the opportunity to get off of work and take care of other yeah, type you of do. business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people fail to realize. Because a lot of people, they get stuck in what's the norm. Like, mm-hmm. get off at five. I'm going to go home and just chill. Like, that's what everybody wants to do. I'm going to go home, chill. I'm going to go home, drink a glass of wine. I'm going to go home, drink a beer. I'm going to go home, eat dinner. But everybody gets stuck in that normal, you know, that normal type of life. Yeah, I can understand that. Now, you you mentioned your father was a big influence on you as far as getting into these fields. And you have three kids. um, And one is over the age of 12. One is 11. The other one is... Six. There you go. I'm in there. It'd be seven. (laughs) Now with that, um, how do you uh, like? Do you install instill that same spirit that your dad and spirit installed in you, or is it like you just let them do what they want? Like, yeah, no, it's the same way. Because I'm, I'll tell you the truth. Like, my dad never ever said to me like, "Come on, let's go work. Come on, let's do this." Mm -hmm. I like watch the example. Um, I think, and I do believe that actually having three kids, like. Kids will do what they see, not okay. so much of what you tell them to do. So when you set those examples, then you're like, you know what? And, and you see the results of I seen the results of what my dad did. And I'm like, you know what? Like I grew up. I had a great life growing up. Me okay. and my siblings had a great life growing up. And I'm like, you know what? I can do the same thing. Then there's other things that I wanted to do. Like I did want to go to school. I wanted to be in business and so trying to figure that whole thing out was kind of like, do I want to be an entrepreneur or do I want to be in finance? Because that was like my goal when I was in high school. So I had to figure some stuff out. But, um, you know, like following my dad's footsteps and example. So I'm the same way with my kids. Mm-hmm. I just work, let them see what I do, work, work, work. I don't pressure them into doing anything. And every now and then my kids are like, Dad, I want to come help you. Like, I want to come help like you. naturally, yeah. Yeah, so. Okay. Now, you're in college. You went to Dell State University. DSU Hornets. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> one of the, the many HBCUs that followed after Lincoln University. I'd scream LU pride, but you know, I, don't, I don't think it'll come across this. Um, you graduate college, and then like, what's next? Like, What was that next step for you? So graduating from college, so... At that time, it was like I still had the entrepreneurial spirit, and I always did because I had it through school. Like that's how I made money. Didn't really have to work a job because I was doing things 
support people around school, around campus. But um, my thing was like, honestly, my thing was I was coming out of school and I was like, I want to wear a suit and tie. Okay. Like I want to be, I just want to be sharp every day. I want to be fresh. And I knew like working on cars that wasn't going to happen. Right, right, right. Um, you know, my priorities were a little, I won't say they were a little mixed up, but that's just what I wanted to do when I came out of school. I wanted to wear a suit and tie and I was a business finance major uh, with a minor in marketing. So I went to the bank and I worked for the bank and I quickly, quickly realized like, no, nah, I can't do this for the rest <laughs> of my life. Like I knew right away. I was a financial relationship specialist and I was just like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. So it kind of reshifted my thinking a little bit, quite and, a bit. And that's interesting too, because I think a lot of us, like where we're in school or or just in life in general, we see certain things and we equate that with success. Like wearing a suit to work every day, like means that you're probably doing exactly. something successful. And then a lot of times you get out and you get to wear that suit to work every day and you're, exactly. you're not, like I worked at Verizon fresh out of college and we wore suits to Verizon or dress clothes like to Verizon. For but real? Like, yeah, but we were selling, because they went to sell an image. We were working in Center City, so it was just kind of like... In the store, you guys were wearing suits? Yeah, and wow. um, Center City, Philadelphia. So, I mean, it kind of creates that image, and like, and I get it, and it does make sense, but at the same time, that part, that mindset, like, yeah. you're, and I'm not saying anything's wrong with that, but like, no. overall, like, you're selling cell phones. It's a retail environment, <laughs> but you're still wearing suits in it, so I understand exactly where you're coming from with that. So, you leave the, you leave the bank, and then what? Like, what, what happens after that? Um, so, all right. So, I at that point, I figured I was working for Sovereign Bank at the time. Okay. And it was like, um, all right, I don't like this. Like, I need to do something different. And I was young, so I was, you know, I was just young and free. So, it was just like, all right, what's next? I'm going to do something different. So, I just kind of randomly popped up one day, like, I'm moving to Maryland. Like, and I got up one day. And I took off of work. I remember I took off of work and I drove to the D.C. Maryland area, like looking at neighborhoods and houses. Mm -hmm. I have one cousin down there, so I was kind of familiar with um, the area to some degree. But I just popped up one day. I called out of work sick and I drove down there. And I actually from that day, I like fell in love with the D.C. Maryland area. So I immediately like looked for jobs once I came back in the Maryland, D.C. area and um I wind up working for uh, a Lexus dealership mm-hmm. um, as a fixed operation. I was assistant manager of fixed operations at this Lexus dealership. And what that did for me, it was very gratifying because it it allowed me. So it was a higher position um, and it allowed me it gave me an opportunity to test or to learn some entrepreneurial skills because I was in a higher position. I had a team under me. I was managing, you know, like six or seven guys Um and at the same time, it gave me, I'm a car enthusiast, so mm-hmm. it allowed me to be working around cars. And on top of that, I was almost on the business side of the automotive um, business itself. So I was kind of bringing everything all together. So my schooling, my education, my background, what I wanted to do when I got out of school, I got to wear a suit every day, suit and tie <laughs> every day. I was working around cars, and then I had a team under me to kind of learn how to be an entrepreneur okay. or, or to kind of enhance those skills that I learned from my father. Okay. And you you worked in the car industry for a little over 10 years. Yeah. Between yep. Lexus and yep. uh, Mercedes. Yep. And then you opened up your own uh, car I, detailing business I as did. well. So you, technically yeah. you're still in the industry of yeah. car repairs and details I and did. automotive, the automotive industry. Now, your bachelor's degree from uh, DSU is in business administration and marketing. How did you put that to use when you when you were trying to become an entrepreneur. <laughs> you want my real views on it? Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so as I get older, I'll be honest with you, as I get older, the stuff that I'm more interested in and the stuff that, you know, I focus my entrepreneurial skill set in and, and the detailing and the automotive side, um, honestly, none of it. Wow. Okay. Um, the the skills and the entrepreneur piece, I learned that all from my father. Like, I learned that from somebody who was in it. My dad went to technical school, but he didn't go to college. Okay. Um, and has made, like, a great, like, a tremendous career out of it. And the older I get, um, and I, I hate to sound insensitive about it, but honestly, I do. Like, if my kids came to me and said, hey, dad, I don't think I want to go to school. Now, you have to come to me with a plan. So I don't think you... I, necessarily need college to be an entrepreneur okay um i honestly i'm not going to say i applied any of what i learned in school now of course i learned some valuable things in school but to that entrepreneurial lifestyle and that business all of that comes from real life push hustle bustle watching my dad even me i'm gonna tell you i made a mistake i actually left the job um right before i actually started here so i left the job I was working for Land Rover Jaguar and I I had my business and it was kind of part time. I was working a nine to five like we talked about Mm -hmm. after work. I would set up everything else. And one day I was like, you know what, if I can put 100 percent into my business, you know, and and I did. I rushed it a little bit, but I found a location. I bought a location um, right in Glenside, PA. I opened up a detail shop. And I just didn't put everything together. And even my dad told me, like, just take it slow, take it slow, take it slow. But I was so eager into getting this thing open and going at it full time because I know what I was doing part time and I really wanted to push it full time. Um, I just dove right in. But I didn't realize and I appreciate this experience and, and the mistake, but I didn't realize, all right, you need somebody to help you. You need a staff. You got overhead. You got to get chemicals. Um, you got to make sure now you're stretching those to last. And it was just different stuff that I didn't realize, but I didn't care at the time. And, and that was one of those points where I really wasn't listening to, you know, my father at the time. I was just like, no, dad, I'm going to do it. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. And I did that. And I failed. When you say failed, like how? Um, I, I say I failed because the business, I, I put too much ahead of the process. Like, I I just moved too quickly. So I guess we were there for about eight months. Okay. But when I say I felt, because I didn't factor in, like, I can't do this every day by myself. Like, I can't be here from 7 o'clock in the morning to, especially, like, with me being involved in family and the kids and my wife. But I was, was like, literally, like, six, seven days a week, like, from 7 o'clock in the morning to, like, 8 o'clock at night. And it was just me. And, And I'm trying to take care of stuff that... You need multiple people to do. Like right, right. you can't take care of four or five cars. And what was by the yourself. business? What were you doing exactly? It was the detailing business. Okay. It was like it's when I went in there like full fledged, opened up a shop and everything, right in right. Glenside. Now there's so many questions I have to stem from that. But just to give um the listeners a little bit of a backstory, you're you're a father of three mm-hmm. and you had your first child like fairly young. Yeah, first, I was twenty three. First two kids fairly young. Yeah, yeah, twenty three yeah, twenty three and twenty five. So when yep. you were Doing this like the sun up to sun down situation. There were you, were you had a wife and two kids at home basically. Did no I, well, honestly, a wife and three kids. Three at kids, home. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Nehemiah was born, he was, I guess I would say like two, something like that. You have a two really understanding wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? No, she's great because 
when I came home to tell her, like, I'm I'm going to do this, like, I'm going to go all the way in. And she would often, honestly, she would, like, push it, like, why aren't you working for yourself? But when I came home and told her I was finally going to do this, like, she was like, all right, come on, like, what we got to do? Yeah. Like, she she's real super, super supportive, supportive. That's good. which I love. Um, and, and that's why I say we, when we fell, like, I say we fell together because – you know, it's a team thing. And then she tried to help me as much as she could. Like, yeah. I'll just come answer the phones for you or I'll just do this. Hey, you want me to help you out with these cars? And I'm like, no, nah, I got gotta it. Put the I kids it. to work. Yeah, put <laughs> the kids to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, when you some, the one thing you talked about just now that really like helped a lot, like I was a little when you said like, oh, I don't necessarily know if school is something that people need to do to be an entrepreneur, which I kind of agree with. And I can understand that. But for me, I'm always like, oh, you got to go to school. You got to go mm-hmm. to school. I'm, the, I'm one of those people. I used to be the same way. But one of the things you, you said that it really stuck out to me, because the one question I like to ask in every single episode is if a person is listening to this and they're inspired by your story and they want to follow in the same footsteps, what would they have to do? And I was scared to ask it because <laughs> you were like, well, don't go to school. So No, I would never say that. Though. But what what it, what would they have to do in order to follow in the footsteps of you, specifically with opening an actual location, opening like a business? So I, I would say, I mean, and just like learning from my mistakes. I like, say in this situation, I guess it would be what should they not do? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Um, I, I would definitely say have your game plan together. Have your strategy together. Do your research. Um, a lot of that stuff I did do, but a lot of that stuff I did not do. Like, I just didn't factor in because for so many years, you know, my business was just about me, you know, taking care of people. That's my ultimate goal, and I could do it at my leisure. Mm-hmm. So it was like, hey, if somebody called me and said, hey, I need this done or I need that done or I know somebody that needs it done, then I'm telling them, all right, I can do this on Saturday and I can do that on Sunday at such and such time. Whether they can make it or not, then we could adjust like that. But in running a business, it's a little different because now you have posted hours, you got posted times, you got, you know, it's designated times when you can do things. And just not having that team, I think that was the biggest thing, not having that team that you really need, that manpower that you really need. Mm-hmm. I think that's what killed me the most. And I, I would look at that. I, I would write it all down on paper. All right, how many people do I need for this? What do I need for that? And then detailing business is tough because you can hire somebody that doesn't know the game to yeah. help you out. But once they get good and they figure out what kind of money you can really make or what kind of money the company's making, they could just branch off and start doing things gotcha. on their own. So that, that's tough. And, and it's, I mean, it's just something you really have to game plan and just kind of strategize and just lay out and see if you want to deal with it or not. Okay. What I do find remarkable about remarkable about you specifically when it comes to like the detailing business is that although you see it as like a failure with the actual opening up like mm-hmm. the shop and everything and a failure because it closed basically. Yeah, yeah. But what I find remarkable about this with you and why I want you on the show as an entrepreneur is because you found a pivot. So mm-hmm. while you don't physically have that storefront, you still have it. You're still oh, yeah. it's basically like you found a different way through oh, yeah. social media, I think it is, to yep. find people reach out to them or they'll reach out to you and then they contact you to, to mm-hmm. take care of the service. Yep. yep. I think that's like, that's amazing. I think that speaks to like the entrepreneurship spirit. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and this will, it will never die. Like I will do this forever. I don't care if I have a nine to five and I'm making $950 million a year. Like this is one of those things. And I think there's a purpose for everybody. Mm-hmm. I honestly feel like this is my purpose and I get great gratification from I, I just enjoy like the transformation. So I enjoy seeing one thing go from one extreme to the next. And it's really gratifying for me. Um, 
maybe too much to a fault because my prices are too low and I may need to adjust my prices because of that because I, I look <laughs> at it more as a as a hobby to me um and a photo shoot um but I will always have that like I will always always do that as long as I live and at the end of the day if the place we work for decides to close down today mm-hmm. I'll pick right back up tomorrow well, you know, carpal tunnel is a real thing, so you might not be able to do it forever. But we had a conversation um, fairly recently about um, working and stuff like that. And I was saying that, like, you know, like, I think I put myself in a good enough position that if the doors were to close on the, the on our current position, yeah. that, like, I would be fine yeah. for seven months. Like, I would be fine. Like, I wouldn't have any issues. Well, that's good and, like, we talked about it and you were like, I wouldn't want anybody to feel sorry for me because it's one of those situations that like I prepared myself for because of yep. m- like my background and because I know how to do other things outside of just yep. the regular work stuff. And I think that's, again, like very remarkable. And I think that's one of those things that, that I look up to to you about because like you, you, you have that, that vision and you're able to articulate it to other people. Can you say that again? Like just You have that vision and you're before, able to before articulate Before that. That's... <laughs> That's about all I said there. Now, how do you find time to? Because, like, at the beginning, like, I threw it out there, and I don't think people really understand it. I don't even think I can put it into words, like, how much stuff you actually do. Yeah. Like, yes, you do the car stuff, and then, like, we talked about the acting, and we talked about, like, a million other things you do. How do you find time to do those things as well? Like, as far as, like, the custom suits, mm-hmm. or, like, you do voice work. Like, how do you find time to do that? So, stuff? you you got to. You have to make time for yourself and you have to make time for the things that you want to do. Um, and there are a lot of things that I enjoy. And I figured out like having kids and I talk to people who have kids and they're always like, I don't have time to do this and I don't have time to do that. And, and I do. I spend a lot of time with my kids. I coach. I do a lot with my kids. But you have to find things to keep you happy mm-hmm. and keep you satisfied. So the acting thing was something that I always wanted to do. So when that opportunity came along, it was like, all right. And I talked to my wife about it. I said, this is really something I want to do. So I committed to doing that. Um, ultimately, you just have to find time. The suit thing the suit thing is is pretty easy because everything is basically on an online platform. Mm-hmm. Um, people only reach out when they have questions about sizing and how to measure. And um, every now again, will I get somebody who actually, you know, wants my input on the design of a suit? Um, but that's fairly easy because that's just kind of that. That's really more like order taken. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's pretty cool. I I love that business too. Um, as you know, um, I love to look good too. So I love to try to dress and and look the part. Um, but you just have to find time. Overall, you have to find time for these things. Okay. Um, at this point of the show, I like to ask people like, what's next for them? What do you see as what What's next for Brandon Best? Man. What's, wait, what's next for best? That's got to be your new like Instagram name. <laughs> what's next? What's next for best? Um, you know, the easiest way for me to answer that question is like, what's not next for best? Okay, like, you know, I'm, I'm, my mind is always going. My mind is always about what's next. Mm-hmm. Like, a- a- honestly, it's always about what's next. Good thing, bad thing, indifferent. It's always about what's next. Um, I am always excited for the next day because I'm waiting to see what the next day will bring. So opportunities. So to try to answer your question, to give you an answer, um, of course, I do want to grow and enhance the business. I am working on a business plan now um, as far as the detail thing goes to open up self, a self-service 
um, detail center. So somewhat like a car wash, mm-hmm. um, but a little more extensive. So I am working on that. Um, I'm working on a location, hopefully some stuff that I've been looking at, a location in Virginia right now. And then hopefully if that works out, you know, we can kind of bring it to PA, mm-hmm. to Pennsylvania. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I'm a knock on wood because that's kind of in the early stages, stages and phases. But um, to to kind of give you an answer, that that's the best answer I can give you mm-hmm. because, I mean, it. My mind is always open. I'm always onto the next thing. What I really love about doing this show is like I get to have conversations with friends that I wouldn't normally have. Like like we wouldn't talk about that like on a no. regular basis, and people are so willing and open to share like what they're doing. And I think that really helps the next person kind of come up with like game plans for themselves. And I think if more people had conversations about like business related conversations, what they want to do with their career and their life and everything, it would really like open up a lot of doors. And I Mm -hmm. think you'll see more entrepreneurs. Yeah, for for sure. Um, I did talk about the fact that you are a brand marketing executive at iHeartMedia. I want to touch on that just a little bit because a lot of entrepreneurs, they don't have a full-time job. <laughs> like a lot of entrepreneurs, because like one question I always have is like, how do you make money like to support your business? And a lot of them, they're like, you know, I depend on my my bookings from like what mm-hmm. I do. But you're not just doing that. You're working um, at a at a, a top company and, yeah. and consistently too. Yeah, every day. <laughs> what makes you want to do that? To to, to work, continue to work, yeah, like to work like a, the regular like nine to five situation when you can just you know just be an entrepreneur. Um, I, you know what I love what I do actually like so as a brand marketing exec, you know, just to kind of let people know, I basically we work the behind the scenes of radio. Like mm-hmm. we keep radio on air. At the end of the day, we go out and we secure sponsors for the uh, radio station, endorsements for the talent on air. Um, basically. Every single commercial you hear on radio is done by a guy somewhere like me. Like we're going out looking for uh or a woman or yes, or a woman. (laughs) Yes. Forgive me. Yes. Or a woman. Um, So I love that. I love the behind the scenes of it. So I really enjoy what I do. Um, I would honestly this particular job. I wish if I would have got this out of school. Yeah. I I don't know what my life would have done, but I love, love, love what I do. I love meeting new people. Um, and, and I think the people is what drives me to do this every day because mm-hmm. I love meeting new people and I love the challenges. I love when somebody gives you a boatload of money and say, how can you help me make yes. this work? <laughs> and I just like that goes back to the transformation. When I talk about detailing cars, it goes back to that transformation piece of looking at one thing in the beginning and where it is at the end. So we get to take these businesses and help these businesses grow and to see them from the beginning to the end. That transformation thing. So it all comes back to that transformation thing. Mm-hmm. I just love that transformation. And now if you could give other entrepreneurs advice, the ones who do crap on like the nine to five situation. Like I mentioned that meme earlier where they're like, and I, most of my friends who are entrepreneurs are the ones who circulate that meme where it's like they, they give you a nine to five or that paycheck is what kills your dream. What do you say to people, those specific entrepreneurs who feel that that way, like, or those who are listening to the show who are entrepreneurs, they see messages like that. They yeah. hear like that kind of narrative. What would you say to them? Yeah, I, I totally 100% disagree. Your motivation and your mindset is what kills your dream if your dream is going to die. Like at the end of the day, it's all about how you think and how much you want it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want it that bad, it doesn't matter what else is going on in your life. Um, you're you're going to go out and you're going to get it. So um, I totally disagree with that. I've done it. I've lived through it. Um, and current still. Yeah, and still I, I'm still, it, I'm still it, yeah. doing it. I'm still doing it every day. And 
you know, I, I pulled away. I pulled away from that job when I did do that to go 100 percent because I wanted to I wanted to just give more to the business. Not necessarily like I felt like my nine to five was killing my dream. I just wanted to give more to the business because of the potential that I seen yeah. in trying to grow this business. But I just didn't realize, all right, you can't do this by yourself, Brandon. Like you can't kill yourself in order to do this. But totally, totally disagree with it. Okay. Totally disagree. Okay. I just really wanted to get that out there because it's it's one of those things that I do I know that's a it's a feel and it's a really attractive feel. Like like I'm working for myself. I don't you know I don't have to depend on anybody else. Yeah. And I, I just I just wanted people who are looking to that to hear from someone who is successful in it and just see how, like, yeah. just get that different perspective. But you, so. and, and just keep in mind, like, people people always say as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, the entrepreneurs I talk to when they're getting started or, you know, one of my favorite shows is Shark Tank, which I watch, and to hear those guys say, you know, in the beginning, you got to make some sacrifices. Yes. There's sacrifices you got to make, whatever they may be. Um, sometimes working at 9 to 5 and, and running your business after that 9 to 5, that's part of that sacrifice you got to make, and you sacrifices you have to make. That's fair enough. Now, at this point of the show, I like to ask my guests for their puzzle pieces. So I look at the world as just like this big blank canvas, and we all have like different puzzle pieces that we put together to create a, like a lasting, beautiful like effect. So if you had to come up with your puzzle piece or your mantra or your quote that you live by, what would it be? Um, I used this the other day. We, we had a coworker. I think we were in this conversation together, but... We had a coworker that was, you know, just talking to us about a particular situation. Um, and I use it quite a bit and I truly believe in it. Um, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. Mm-hmm. So with me, my my business closing my business was an experience, and I don't regret any of that. But I feel like if I didn't take that opportunity when it was presented to me, mm-hmm. I, my mindset wouldn't be where it was today. I wouldn't know what I need to know now in order to, you know, like what's next for best in order to take the right steps for that. I'm mm-hmm. going to trademark that too. Well, I mean, that's my like Twitter that. name, so you can't trademark it. No, you're, it's what's next for Dex. I know, but like you're not going to. What's next for best. Okay. <laughs> Yo, um, we go through this every day, all day. It's um, weird that we got through this entire thing. We didn't I argue. Know. But truthfully, like Brandon, you are honestly like a... A brother to me, a much, much, <laughs> much, much, much older brother to me, and I really do appreciate you taking this time to do the interview. I feel like I've learned a lot from you just in life in general, it. but I've also learned a lot from you today and during this interview. And I think, you know, like there are so many experiences that we've had together, like the play. We, we, mm-hmm. you, you assisted me in visiting like the prison system, which is something that like. I I didn't think that it's something that I would want to do, and and when I had like reservations afterwards, no, having that fine. conversation with you, it was it was really, it was weird because I remember going and saying like I really want to be a part of this, I really want to do this, but then after going, I remember having those effects where I'm like the effects I'm like I can't do this anymore. Yeah, change your mindset. And it's and it's it's interesting because like I was able to have the conversation with you like I can't I can't go to this anymore because like. Two weeks later, I'm still thinking about these kids. Like I can't. It's hard. It, it doesn't. It doesn't shake. I think it's great that you again came onto the show today, and I also think it's great that you've become such an open person and such a, I don't know, like a uh, important figure in my life. I'll say. I appreciate it. Can you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on audio, so you just rewind it back. <laughs> this does not happen much. <laughs> now, uh, to finish out every show, I always ask my guests to provide their socials. Where can people find you socially? Like your company or your personal. Um, be dad of three personal, personal social media, Instagram, Twitter, Twitter is be dad of three B. 
Uh, and then you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Best Concierge Detailing for the business page. Thank Instagram you. and tw- uh, Facebook. Okay. Uh, and that's also going to be in like the bottom thirds and everything like that. Guys, this has been another edition of Industry Friends, your audio foot in the door. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Industry Friends. I am the host, Dexter Stuckey. If you liked what you heard, do me a favor and rate the show. Subscribe to the show. Review the show. Repost the show. Please tell your friends about it. I really appreciate it. Industry Friends, your audio foot in the door. Industry, Industry Friends. friends.